With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. NFL Week 6 is here. Joe Burrow's back with his tough Sunday loss to the Ravens. Talks about what his Bengals need to fix. The criticism of Zach Taylor and names his favorite players not in his own team. Also, Chad Millman, Sharper Square, Week 6 Best Bets. First, though, my top takes of the week. So, it's interesting. There's been great debate on the Draymond Green fight. If this happens a lot, or if it's a rare occurrence. So, Kevin Durant said, I think it's rare. Jeff Van Gundy said, I think it's rare. Damian Lillard said, I've seen it more in college than pros, but it happens all the time. Steve Kerr said he saw it at least 20 times. So who's telling the truth? Let's label it a skirmish. Guys square each other up. Guys get each other in a headlock. Guys swing and miss. Guys flail. I mean, even the fights we've seen during games, how many knockouts are there? Baseball. Football, basketball, hockey, not that many, right? But a fight, a skirmish. So I think it happens a lot because I've been told it happens a lot by people I trust, like Dame and Steve Kerr. Jeff Van Gundy came out and said, it just doesn't happen very often. And the irony of Jeff Van Gundy saying it is quite interesting. The one coaching memory I have of Jeff Van Gundy is in a fight, holding the leg of a player at the bottom of a scrum. (laughs) This stuff never happens. Jeff, that's the only thing I ever remember about you, holding onto a leg during a fist fight. So Van Gundy said it doesn't happen often, yet acknowledged he saw two fist fights. So let's use Jeff Van Gundy as the median, right? Half the coaches in the last, say, 20 years have seen less than Jeff and half more. So we looked it up today. In the last 20 years, easy number, there's been 141 NBA coaches. 141. If on average they've seen two skirmishes 
And that's the word, skirmish. Sometimes you swing and miss. Sometimes you wrestle. Sometimes it's a headlock. Sometimes players intervene. Sometimes you land a punch. 141 coaches, 20 years. If each has seen two, it's happened 282 times. Does that sound infrequent? Steve Kerr said he's seen 20. So I was talking to somebody who was very, very close with Steve Kerr. So I covered Steve Kerr in Portland. I don't know Steve well, but well enough that if I saw him at a restaurant, I'd stop by, we'd shoot the shit. He'd ask a question. I'd ask a question. Very respectful. Steve and I got along great. Very smart guy. So somebody I know that knows Steve Kerr very well. When he asked him about that fight, and this person, you know, said, you were in a fight, the Michael Jordan fight. Kerr's response was, yeah, it looked a lot like that. (laughs) Of course it did. Michael Jordan got a flush punch on Steve Kerr. You didn't see the video. So you hold Michael Jordan, the great leader, in very high esteem. That's the difference. 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s. We didn't have TMZ. We didn't have iPhones. We didn't have access to this. A couple of weeks ago, people freaked out because Ken Dorsey threw headsets in a coaching cubicle upstairs at an NFL game. I've sat next to coaching cubicles. That happens every game. Yelling, screaming, cussing, throwing things. Did you see the reaction around Ken Dorsey by the other coaches? <laughs> he didn't even flinch during the Draymond fight. People moved over, but the coach's initial reaction, if you saw the six or seven people, they moved over. They didn't rush. They didn't act like this was a once-in-a-lifetime moment. I'm not saying that's, that big knockout punches happen all the time. But when Tiger Woods had an affair, the outrage over Tiger Woods, I thought, was incredibly laughable. Two or three of the most popular golfers of all time were known as absolute dogs on the tour. But you didn't have paparazzi. Tiger Woods faced it. You didn't have iPhones. You didn't have bloggers, the media, uh, people invading your space. Don't confuse something is rare and you just haven't seen it before. There's a big difference. So Ron Rivera on Sunday was asked what the primary issue was with the Washington football team, the commanders. And in a one word answer, he said, quarterback. Ugh. He walked it back. He had a mea culpa, but there are certain mea culpas that just don't work. It's out there. Will Smith to Chris Rock, not really a mea culpa moment. I think Ron Rivera and Mike Zimmer and Bill Belichick and Vic Fangio and Brian Flores are your sort of classic archetypal defensive head coaches. And I'm not talking Woody Hayes of the 70s, but there's a way they want to win and it's ball control, running game, and very few turnovers. I think that's something that really, really bothers a defensive coach is the turnover, the interception. Pete Carroll, it just just cannot get past turnovers. And the truth is, if they're between the 35s, they're, a, they're just a change of possession, right? You don't want to turn it over at the one-yard line, your territory or theirs. But because now there's no huddle, each offense gets about 12 to 15 more snaps per game and over the course, I mean, Tom Brady's now throwing 45, 50 times a game. You're going to have an interception. you got to take the good with the bad. And I think a lot of these defensive coaches really struggle with it. Sean McVay knew when he brought in Matt Stafford. He threw picks. Matt Stafford was at times reckless. Joe Burrow throws interceptions. You know who doesn't? Aaron Rodgers. He can't get out of the first round. So my takeaway is, Ron Rivera may apologize, but that's how he thinks. I mean, I've said this before. There are certain mistakes that it's like who you are, right? And 
you can apologize and you can genuinely feel bad about saying them, but it's what you believe. And I think the way Ron Rivera sees football is very much in line with a defensive coach in his 50s. And to him, Carson Wentz at times can be reckless. But I will note this. The Colts were ninth in scoring last year. Wentz leaves their 32nd. There is an upside to Carson Wentz. He is dynamic. Whether Ron Rivera wants to acknowledge it or not. Football season's underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today, get started, $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Promo code, though, is Colin to get in on the action. Always Colin. Turn game day into payday. Win totals, division winners, player props, week one spreads and totals. Play your way, bet on more than just the final score. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay, my fave. Now, FanDuel is also live in Kansas, baby. Don't fumble your chance. 150 bucks in free bets, win or lose, promo code Colin. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential health in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Joe Burrow, our weekly hit with him. They're tied with the Browns, one game back of the Ravens. So I just found this out today, Joe. This Bengals team is the first team in league history to lose three of their first five games on the last play of the game. So somebody said this years ago, I don't know if it's true, that you're better to get blown out. You can bury the tape. It doesn't matter that losing close is just is a a killer. And I think to myself, no, because essentially, if you'd have had the ball last, you'd have won. I thought you did. So like, where, where are you emotionally after losing a game like that? Yeah, it was, you know, you let yourself be devastated for about two hours and then <laughs> you go watch the tape and it's on to the next week. That's life in the NFL. You know, we got plenty of football left. Obviously we're disappointed with, you know, how we've lost the games that we've lost, but you know, I think that we've progressed nicely. Um, would have liked to have won the last game, but I think we learned a lot of lessons from that game going forward that I think are going to help us. I think the greatest compliment you can pay a young quarterback is to take away something from him. You and Patrick Mahomes, literally the league now is like, okay, they burn us over the top. We're not allowing that anymore. And statistically, it's showing up as fewer big plays. I watched you the other night. You look patient to me. But in the end, part of your secret sauce last year, Joe, was big plays. 
Um, can you scheme those? Um, like, where are you on that in that area? Well, you know, the the three games that we've lost, we haven't had any big plays. And the common denominator in all three games is that we've fallen behind early. You know, the two games we've won, we jumped out to a lead. Defenses had to be more aggressive because we were leading and it allowed us to hit some of those big plays. When you get down 10 nothing early, you know, defenses aren't going to be as aggressive. They're not going to play man-to-man as much as you would like them to. Uh, and so, you know, we fought back, got a tie, took the lead at the end. But, you know, if we jump out early, you know, teams are going to have to start playing as more man-to-man, be more aggressive. And, you know, I thought overall, you know, the first quarter was poor. You know, we didn't move the ball the way we like to. But then after that, we went touchdown, two-minute field goal, and then I had the bad interception in the second half. And then we had two drives after that, one touchdown and one we got down to the two. So we moved the ball well after that first quarter. Um, just got to find a way to punch it in the end zone and make those plays at the end of the game that end up winning the game for you. Um, I've always, I always feel, what do I know, that play calling's a little overrated, that play efficiency, if you do the play right, you're fine. Fans just crush play calling. Zach Taylor's just getting killed. And my takeaway is, this is hard. You know, they're, they're, they're reading your audibles. Um, do you ever look at a game after and say, oh, I should have fought for this play. Oh, I can't believe we, d- we did that. You always look back and evaluate everything that goes on in the game. You know, for me, I'm evaluating every single play. Oh, I could have thrown it here. If I would have done this instead of this, it might have won us the game. And that's always hap- that always happens when you lose a game. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the – the decision to go forward on fourth down. If we end up scoring on that play, we go up four points and it changes the entire game. So, you know, I was happy with that decision. Uh, You look at that moment in the game and we had just started moving the ball really well. Their offense had started to roll a little bit. You, You get that touchdown completely changes the game. We're talking about. Right. Is there ever a time that you have ever said to a coach, you know, I heard Peyton Manning say this about two months ago on ESPN. He said, sometimes you're just struggling to get four yards. He goes, I've I've turned to the coach and say, you know, just get points. We're not blocking them. Have, have, this year, has there ever been a point where you're like, listen, just take the points? No, I would always, you know, whatever, whatever Zach or any of our coaches decide to do, it's our job to go out and execute. And I love being put in those do or die spots on fourth down. If you got to, you know, those are high pressure situations that I feel like I excel in. And, you know, if you, you know, those are game turning, game changing plays. And if you get that fourth down, if you get the fourth downs throughout the game, you're going to completely change the outcome of the game. And so you're going to have to take gambles in this league sometime. And sometimes they don't pay off and you're going to lose the game, but sometimes they do. And then you're a genius when you do it. And so it's just the outcome. Hindsight is always 20-20 and you can look back and, and determine what you think he should have done in that situation. But, you know, like I said, if we get it completely different narrative, you know, it's funny. You, Trent Dilfer, Drew Bledsoe, every quarterback that I have talked to at length in my life, has said the exact same thing you said last week. There's halves I don't remember. Like, I play quarterback. I've been hit. I've been hit and I don't even know I'm hit. Were you surprised how quotable that was? I mean, I thought it was Joe Burrow's being totally honest. I even got hit in high school. Now, it was single-A football, and it was probably a 5'8 defensive back. (laughs) But were you surprised that it kind of took off socially? Uh, Yeah, you know, fortunately for me, I'm not – I'm not exactly on on the internet and on social media all the time, so I'm not seeing all the reactions. But I think if you talk to any player throughout the entire league, they're going to have the same story that I had. Uh, that's just part of the game. You can do all you can to make it safer and help eliminate those kind of things. But at the end of the day, it's a violent game, and those things are going to happen. Yeah. The um – so there's obviously I was talking to Mike Pereira today, the former head of officials, about like the the Jarrett Brady call or the Chris Jones call, and I'm like, man, it feels like an overreach. 
Um, and and I, he surprised me. He said he doesn't think the league has talked to officials. He thinks officials read the paper and they watch shows and they feel like we got to protect the quarterback. And when you watch, if you watch the Derek Carmo, I thought it was the best defensive play of the year by a defensive lineman. I thought Chris Jones did something that's insane. Literally get a sack and a turnover simultaneously. I thought Jarrett, who's an, I don't know if you played against him. He's a, just a fantastic player. I didn't think his was a penalty. When you see those and it's protecting your position, how does it land for you? I think it depends on the individual play. Um, I think the... The diving into the quarterback's knees is a good rule. Right. You know, that's you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, malicious when I got hurt. It was a it was an accident, but that's how I got hurt my rookie year, and it's a very dangerous play. Um, and you see the full body weight rule. You know, that's how Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone back in the right. day. That's how quarterbacks hurt their shoulders. Uh, and so I think it's just depends on how we want the game to be officiated. Do you want you want your best players and high, best marketable athletes out on the field at, at all times? Or do you want to have the big hits that everybody loves? You know, it's a, it's a give and take. I think there's probably a happy medium that, you know, we can find. Uh, but I think we're getting into that, in that direction. The, um, it's such an emotional game. Um, and today, I, uh, Tuesday, as I always do, my top 10. And I had uh, I had you guys at like seven or eight. And the guy on the show is like, they're like two and three. And I said, they're not standings. I do this because of what I believe. I watch the games. I'm like, th- that game is just, it's a tennis match. Last serve wins. I thought Joe won the game. Then it's, you know, Lamar's great. But it is interesting when I watched both of you that game is that it was uneven. Like you, you struggled early. He had a couple passes where he missed it. In basketball, Joe, it's understood that a guy gets hot, like Jordan gets hot, Kobe gets hot. I felt you had a point in the second half. I'm like, you're really in a zone. I can I watch your feet. Your feet get light. And I know it may, I'm maybe reaching here. But when I watch you, I feel like when you're in your zone, you play light. You're, you move. You're kind of like bouncing. Does that make sense? When you're in a zone, what do you feel like? Yeah, I feel like the the defense is slowing down for me, and that happens more later in the game. You know, our going into every single game, we've been facing different coverages than teams have been showing on tape, just because of how explosive our receivers are, uh, how good we were on offense last year, and so the the beginnings of games have kind of been a feeling out process, and I think right. at the end of games, we've been good. We just need to find a way to make those adjustments faster, so we don't waste an entire quarter in three possessions trying to figure it out. Um, and I thought, you know, I got in my zone about midway through the second quarter. You know, I was feeling good, um, which is why I was so disappointed in the interception, really bad interception for me that, you know, I felt like cost us the game. And other than that play, the second quarter on, I felt like I was playing lights out. And, you know, that one was disappointing for me. So, Okay, you're you're four or five you're five games into a season. So essentially, um, you know, you're past the quarter mark. Um what are you happy about right now? Like what is something if I have a bad day or a bad week, I try to go back and and kind of embrace w- the good part. Let let's figure out what I did right. What are you happy with right now with your play in the Bengals overall? Well, I'm really happy with the way we fought back in the games that we've lost. You know, we've been down, we were down big to Steelers, down big to the Cowboys, down 10 nothing early in the game to the Ravens. And we ended up fighting back and putting ourselves in position to win every single game. And so that's what I've been happy with. You know, disappointed in the way that those games turned out. And, you know, the, the lack of explosives in those games. But like I said, if you get behind the chains and you're in second and 10, it's going to be tough to hit those big plays down the field. Uh, and I think we're getting better and better at, you know, taking the check downs and turning those two yard catches into eight yard gains and moving the right. ball down the field, six, seven, eight yards at a time. That's what we did in the second half. You know, we had two eight minute drives, 10, 12, 15 play drives that, you know, were big parts of the game. 
Uh, we only had three drives in the second half, and one of them, like I said, was my my horrible interception. Uh, but other than that, you know, we we methodically moved the ball down the field, and I think that's what we're going to have to do going forward. And we're just going to have to do it earlier in games. I mean, God, Kansas City was down seventeen nothing last night. Like I've been telling people this for years. We'll never have in my lifetime again a bad wide receiver class in the NFL draft. Like in California, Joe, I follow recruiting because I've been into it for years. The top 100 players next year in high school in California, like 30 are wide receivers. And the way my look at it is, if I was young and talented and I was 12, I'd want to be a receiver or a quarterback. You can't hit me. I make money. The girls like me. I get on TV. (laughs) I mean, it's seriously like young people start the culture. Like I, I look at it right now and I just think the new NFL, you're in the new NFL. A 17 nothing lead is like, all right. I mean, yeah. seriously, when you, your first year football, 17 nothing lead, the game's over. Yeah. Seriously, in high is. school, it's over. Yeah. I mean, in, so like when, when, you're, when you're in a game now, can you sense like offense is fast? The receivers, I mean, it's, it's a different game today than it was for you 15 years ago when you took your first snaps. It, well, it is. And, you know, like you said, it's a quarterback receiver league now. And you see defenses adjusting and changing the way that they play because of it. And you see the the Tyreeks, the Jamars, the Devontae Adams. You know they're they're changing defensive structure in a way that hasn't really been done before. And that's part of the rules these days. And it's part of the growth of the game and the seven on seven culture. Growing up, people are throwing and catching way earlier than they ever have been in the past. No question. And, you know, quarterbacks are just going to continue to get better and better. And I think you really see it in the diversity of skill sets that quarterbacks have in the NFL today. You know, you have Kyler Murray, who the knock on him is he's short, but he makes up for it with his speed and accuracy. And then you have Justin Herbert, who's the big, strong, prototypical quarterback of the past, but he can move. And you have me, the tall, skinny kid that can move and is accurate, may not have the biggest arm. And you have the Lamars, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes. I mean, everybody is – and Tom Brady is still playing really well. It's just such a diversity of, of skill sets throughout the league that is really great for the game and great for young people. That You don't have to be 6'5", 250 anymore to, to be a quarterback in the league. And I think it's just going to continue to show. So when Jimmy Garoppolo was in New England – Tom Brady's the goat, and he didn't want him there. And it's pretty well documented. He was like, I don't want to be sharing snaps. So it's easy for everybody to say, "Eh, you're the starter, Dak. He's the backup. That sounds good. But if my company hired somebody and he took over for me for five weeks and the ratings went up, (laughs) I've been doing this forever. I'd be like, "Eh, I'm not a big fan of that. So what if... Your backup ones, like the Cowboys, ones five or six straight games. Would there be? Would you get up in the morning and think, okay, I got to take more protein powder? Um, I mean, I'm rooting. You obviously want your team to win, but it's. I think it is hard. Like when you were out, you want your team to win. Obviously, somebody once told me, like, there's really only one quarterback in a roster. You know this at Ohio State. You're the starter, or or you're just literally not in the plans. Mm-hmm. Do you think about that, like? grateful to be the starter what if i wasn't the starter the dallas situation when you hear guys like me or you, people talk about the backup situation what do you make of it you know that's a tough one because you know it's easy to sit on the outside and say you know this guy's the starter this guy's the backup but when you're in it and you're feeling it it definitely creates more of an urgency to to get back and one, to get back as fast as you can, but two, also it's a double-sided coin. Make sure you're completely healthy so when you are back, you're able to play well and do what you need to do to win the game. And so, you know, that's a part of the reason that, you know, when I hurt my knee, I wanted to make sure I came back and play the entire season the next season and be back week one. You know, I had I had a good start to my career, but, you know, I hadn't really proven anything yet. And I still to this day feeling like I have to prove myself. And that was a big part. Uh, 
I think the best quarterbacks are always trying to prove themselves to the world, to themselves, to their coaches, to ownership. Um, and so it's always tough when you're down and, you know, your team's playing great without you. Obviously, it's a great thing for, for when you come back, but, you know, it always creates a sense of urgency. This week's gold medal performance goes to the team who, despite losing a big star, hasn't missed a beat. After a wild Monday night football win over the Raiders, the Chiefs just keep rolling. No Tyreek Hill, no problem. Patrick Mahomes still great. Travis Kelsey still open. Andy Reid, the coach, still brilliant. Tyreek was a huge piece of Kansas City's offense, but like Brady and Gronk, the team is carried by Mahomes and Kelsey. No one is slowing down this Kansas City freight train anytime soon. This week's gold medal performance sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. The stock market's been plummeting. Many economists predicting it's just the beginning, which could mean tremendous losses in your portfolio. Historically, there's been one answer to this. Gold. In the 2008 crash, when the market dipped, gold went up. Yep, Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust when investing in gold and precious metals. They can advise you on whether gold is right for you. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 8 866-674-HERD or perhaps download their comprehensive gold guide it's great at LegacyPMInvestments.com LegacyPMInvestments.com Okay, I'm going to ask you questions. This is a fill-in-the-blank game. Uh, by the way, the, the kid Cuddy, when my daughter reacts to something <laughs> I do on the internet I know it's a hit when my daughter's like, Dad, you're funny. I'm like, not really. It's embarrassing. Okay. Um, the fiercest competitor you faced in the NFL that's not on the Bengals. TJ Watt always gets after it. He's always very intense. Um, he wasn't he wasn't on the field for one of our games last year. And you can really feel the difference in that defense when he's on the field. He's such a good player, makes plays at a lot of defensive ends, can't make. He's not just a pass rusher. He really understands you know, quarterbacks drops and when it might be a deeper pass and he can rush the passer and when it's quick game and he he can stop and get his hands up. Both both Watt brothers are, are really good at batting balls. And so he's, uh, he's a great player. The most talented receiver not on the Bengals is... I mean, Tyreek Hill is always fun to watch. Devontae Adams playing against him last year was unreal in person. But when Tyreek Hill gets the ball in his hands, it just looks different than everybody else. <laughs> He's just moving at a different speed. It's pretty incredible. Um, is there a player that you look at in the NFL and think, he'd be great on the Bengals? <laughs> You know, there's a lot of great players. I'm going to give the uh, give the stereotypical quarterback answer on this one. There's a lot of great players in the league that you would love to play with. Uh, every week, you know, there's somebody that you got to pay attention to that yeah. is going to be a game wrecker. And you know, the more the more great players you can have on your team, the better. All right, the player on another team, and maybe you answered it. It is so good. You think he may be an alien. LeBron James said this about a French player that's 18 years old the other day. He's like, I think he's an alien. He's 7'4 and shoots like a guard. Who's the most physically impressive? Like, if you ever shirts off or you're on the sidelines or you watch me, you're like, what is that? Oh, Miles Garrett is an oh. absolute freak of nature. If you've, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, Cam Hayward is a pretty impressive human being in person. The first time I played him, I thought he looked like a bear. He's so big and strong. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of people like that. Those two guys are the first two to come to mind in our division, though. Yeah, your division, by the way, is Miles Garrett, Hayward, TJ Watt. Oh, my God. You, you picked a bad division to have a soft <laughs> pass rush. God, it's brutal. Um We've talked about your fashion before. Who have you ever looked at in the league and thought he gets it? Fashion-wise, he gets it. It's a good question. I'm not sure. There's a lot of people with – I think not everybody likes to mix it up. You know, some people are suits on game day. Some people are, you know, more streetwear. I like to mix it up. 
you know, the occasional suit, occasional streetwear. Um, guy on our team that I think is has great fashion is uh, Cheeto, Cheeto Wuzier, our corner. Um, he's uh, he's Nigerian. He has a lot of great, I mean, just great outfits that are very pertinent towards culture. Uh, you should go check some of those out. They're really, really, really cool to look at. Finally, it's week five. How do you feel? Are you sore? You told me you bruised like a peach. We're doing this interview on Tuesday. You just played a division rival. How do you feel today? What is what is Tuesday afternoon Joe Burrow feel like? My body actually feels great today. I'm feeling strong in the weight room. You know, my workouts are starting to get back to where they were pre-appendix um, surgery. And so I'm starting to feel, you know, my body is starting to get to mid-season form. I'm happy with it. I'm feeling fast, feeling strong, ready to go. Time for another edition of Sharp or Square with our betting superhero, Chad Millman, CEO of the Action Network, all odds provided by FanDuel. Okay, I had a losing week, Uh, but it was a half a point within a winning week. Um, Let's start with this. The betting public overreacts. Giants beat the Packers. Now everybody thinks the Giants are suddenly a great team. Ravens were minus five, now minus six. That's a dead number, as you told me last week, minus five. The Ravens are the better team. Um, the Ravens just faced the Bengals, and it looked ugly because it's a divisional foe, and Cincinnati's a pretty good team. Minus five, minus six. The Ravens are going to go in. Right back to reality for the Giants. By the way, Daniel Jones is a better road quarterback than a home quarterback. I take the Ravens to cover sharper square. Did somebody send you my script before I came on? <laughs> because I, I, like, I don't even, I, I'm flabbergasted at the thoughtfulness, at the strategy, at the reaction, at how you're reading the market, how you're thinking strategically about the numbers. You've said it all, Colin Cowherd. You, it's almost like you've graduated. The wise guys are all over the Ravens. Okay. (laughs) It moved from three and a half to five and a half, as you said, to six. I think six, the six is always the line of demarcation in betting, especially now because these coaches are all cuckoo, right? And you don't know if they're going to go for it. You don't know if they're going to go for the extra point, if they're going to go for the two point conversion. So you're right on the number, play it up to six. You're right on the side. Here's what's really interesting. 85% of this money is on the Ravens right now, but you're still seeing some, some tickets come in on the Giants because of everything you just said, that public perception people are buying into the 4-1 and one Giants. What Lamar Jackson is really, really good at, in addition to growing so much over the past couple of years, understanding where he is on the field when he's running with the ball, He's great against the blitz. And the Giants defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, who obviously spent all those years with the Ravens, loves to blitz. So you've got a great quarterback against the blitz, a defensive coordinator who likes to blitz. You've got Ronnie Stanley on the offensive line who was alternating snap series last week, coming back full strength. Take the Ravens, call it a day. Here's another one. Mike Tomlin Steelers plus eight and a half at home. I always believe... After a team, especially a functional team, is humiliated, take them the following week. This is not at Buffalo. It's not 25-mile-an-hour wins. It's a Tampa team, frankly, that has sputtered with Todd Bowles offensively. Tampa wins the game. Greg Cosell told me today, Kenny Pickett was actually okay. They just have no running game. I'm taking the eight and a half, sharper square. Honestly, where's Colin? Somebody find Colin. And put him back on the goddamn podcast. This wasn't even, you know, every week, like pull the curtain, pull back the curtain a little bit, a little bit. Your producers will send me the games that you're thinking about. This was not on the list. And this was on my list to convince you of when at the end you will say to me, give me a game that I'm not thinking about. It is so gross. You got to take the Steelers. Every trend points to the Steelers. You know, we have this database at Action Network. Tracks millions of dead, of uh, betting data points going back to 2003. A team in the Steelers spot, which is 
coming off a blow off a blowout loss. They're a big dog at home. They're getting less than 30% of the betting tickets is what the Steelers are getting. They cover 61% of the time in this spot. I don't like to give precedents where the data set and the sample size isn't very big. This is a few hundred games. We're not talking about like 10 to 0 right. on Thursday night football, right? So this is a classic fade the public spot. Nobody wants to do it. You just hold your nose. Professionals are doing just that. The numbers bounced around from eight and a half down to eight. And then every time it gets to eight, it goes back to eight and a half. Pros like the Steelers. Well done, Colin. Oh, those are my two, those are my two bets, my best okay. bets. I would like to go blazing two, but it just doesn't have the impact of blazing five. <laughs> Terrific two. But I, I, I've, I've told you this for years. I've always got three bets I like. And then at the end, I, you know, I called it blazing five. Yeah. I was an idiot. I, I should have come out with blazing two. <laughs> I'd never miss a game. <laughs> Um, so here's a game that's interesting. Uh, there are teams that sometimes have bad records that I really like. I think the Raiders are a real interesting one and in four team. Four close losses to decent clubs. Cincinnati's another one of those teams. I think Cincinnati, I take the first game out because of the surgery for Joe Burrow. No practice, no preseason. He, Stafford, and Brady were awful in week one. Okay, so I start with them kind of the second half against the Dallas Cowboys. At that point, they've been competent. Now, they're not averaging much per play, but Jameis Winston has regressed badly. Taysom Hill can be fun, but in his career, rarely has had big back-to-back rushing games. I don't think the Saints are very good. Cincinnati's in a fairly desperate spot now because Baltimore beat them. I'd swallow the one and a half and I would take the bingo sharper square. What happened to Colin? He was so sharp and now he's so, <laughs> he's so, so square. You've chosen one of the squarest plays on the board. And it's a, it's a, it's a game that every wise guy I've spoken to loves, loves, loves the Saints. You're still getting Bengals Super Bowl inflation. You're still getting Joe Burrow inflation, which has only gotten bigger since he became a member of the volume family. This O-line is a mess, like truly a mess. And it's going up a v- against a very good defensive line. And even though the Saints haven't gotten a ton of pressure, they also don't need to blitz. And Joe Burrow's passer rating is below average when he isn't blitzed. This is a very, very good matchup for the Saints. The line has moved in their direction. It was at two. It went down to one and a half. Uh, the wise guys have this game lined as a pick. So they feel like they're getting a lot of uh, a lot of value here. Okay. I'm going to take the Cowboys now plus six and a half at Philadelphia. Two starters could be missing. The Eagles have yet to trail. They don't score in the second half. Cooper Rush doesn't throw interceptions. I don't know if they win, and I generally like to take the side of the team that's going to win. This number was a little tastier early. It's now six and a half. I have a completely disruptive defensive line that in every game they've played, Dallas has disrupted starting offensive lines. Now I got backups. I saw what they did with the Rams backups. I'm going to take the six and a half and take Dallas here, sharper square. Well, the sharp side is the Eagles at four and a half which is what I got, and five, and five and a half, and even six. The reason it got to six and a half is because the wise guys have been betting it nonstop. I would still take the Eagles at six and a half. I have not gotten any feedback from professional bettors that they would still take this at six and a half. So I would imagine they might like the Cowboys here, but the Cowboys are not one of those teams that professional bettors generally like and they they are getting a huge benefit of doubt from the public in how this line opened, which is why the wise guys played it. Let's just take let's take the Cowboys only as an example right now, and then forget about the Eagles for a second. The Cowboys beat the Rams on a forced fumble return for a touchdown, a blocked punt that was uh, followed up by a field goal, a fifty-seven yard. Tony Pollard touchdown run. In that game, they had fewer first downs, fewer yards per play, more penalties. They had a couple turnovers, that they, the couple fumbles they recovered themselves. They were outplayed by the Rams, who just aren't very good right now. 
and have a terrible offensive line. The Cowboys also looked amazing and beat up on the Washington Commanders, terrible offensive line. Cincinnati Bengals, terrible offensive line. So we're all loving Cooper Rush. We're loving this defense, which is outstanding, but they're doing it against frauds. And so I like the Eagles because they're finally playing a team that has probably the best offensive line and an overall offense and a defense that can stack up against whatever the Cowboys are going to bring. All right. If you look at the history of the league, when teams win by 25, 30 points one week, they don't cover the following week. Kansas City at home getting two and a half points seems like the obvious play. I also believe it's a close game. And Kansas City is better than Buffalo last three years in close games. Chiefs plus the point, sharper square. So this is really interesting. Uh, complete and total divide on this game. Uh, I think if you look at this number, you blindly look at this number and you see a really good team that is a short home underdog, you're automatically going to take it. And then, as you know, we do the Favorites podcast on the Volume Podcast Network. Me and my BFF, Simon Hunter, we got some calls from professional bettors who were talking about what we talked about on Tuesday. They like to call over the 48 hours so they can give us feedback so we can talk about it on the podcast on Thursday. They love the Bills. Loved the Bills. And it's a completely unconventional spot for professional bettors to like a team, which is a good team playing against a good team on the road. And that team on the road is favored. But I will tell you, there is. There is some some bubbling up conversation out there that the Chiefs aren't as good as their record shows, right? They could have easily lost a couple of these games that they won, the Chargers for one, last week against the Raiders for another. So the Bills are kind of a juggernaut right now and are built specifically to beat the Chiefs. So the sharp side, according to the sharp calls, is the Bills. All right, Sharper Square, um, the most beat-up team in the league is San Francisco. They're on the road second straight week, and Atlanta gets plus five and a half. We know that San Francisco wrecks offenses, but they have now five different starters out. Atlanta is 37 big plays offensively this year, which is a weird number for a very, very average team. I would take the five and a half. I think the Niners win, but I'm I'm just not laying that on the road, time away, all beat up, meaningless game, overconfident after wrecking Carolina. I'll take the point sharper square. The Falcons are a really interesting team and they have been a wise guy team all year long. They continue to be a wise guy team. This is a sharp side. Um, it's really fascinating because if you look on Twitter, I bet if you ask Greg Cosell this, the people who are inside football, look at the Falcons offensive scheme and they love it. They think Arthur Smith has built a really sound, fundamental running game that can be interchangeable, right? Cordero Patterson has been out of the lineup and they still did really well against the Bucs and almost won that game, if not for, at least had the opportunity, if not for that um, rough in the passer call. And so they have been leaning on their running game, which is helping them stay in the game. The biggest challenge for them in this game, I'm not saying the wise guys are, are walking away from the Falcons. The 49ers have a dominant rush defense. And so um, this will be the first real true test of how sophisticated Arthur Smith's running game can be. And can it play against the best in the league? And finally, um, I, I think it's pretty interesting. The Seahawks are now getting three, all odds provided by FanDuel. Arizona is a terrible early team, so Seattle will play with the lead. It's one of the loudest stadiums. Arizona plays great late, but there is no proof here, though I don't buy Geno Smith continuing this trend. Seattle has been in all but one game, that against the healthier Niner team. They take leads. They're at home. They're getting a field goal. And to be honest, I get a veteran coach against the coach most wise guys don't even like. I think I take Seattle in the points here, sharp or square. Totally sharp. This line makes no sense, Colin. Your read is 100% right. Seattle has the better coach. They have the better offensive line. They have a top, the top-rated passing offense in the NFL. They have the most explosive passing offense in the NFL. The Cards defense is the second worst 
in defending explosive pass plays. This line opened at three. It moved in Seattle's direction. You got a short home dog in the division. And I know it sounds crazy to say it right now. You have a better quarterback in Geno Smith. That's right. So, of, of course, the wise guys are on Seattle. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network hi let's talk about Pro Plan Sport, Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 